Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, another Friday, another week in the books. Yeah. The, the highlight of t- this week so far to me is waking up this morning and it being 60-something degrees <laughs> and it's only 72 out there now. Man, the wind's blowing. Finally feels like fall. Yeah. On October the what fourth is that where we're it at? It feels fall like yeah. I, I said it could stay like this till Halloween, and I'm ready for cold weather. Yeah, I'm over the summer this year. Normally, I don't want to see it go. I got to get some seeds in the ground. Some of deer have something to eat this winter. Right now, it's been too hot. They're out there. I don't know what they're doing eating now. Probably getting ate alive by ticks. I yeah. imagine. Imagine yeah. they're covered. I'm um, watching my cameras though. How's it going? Man, we got a ton of deer. Do you really? Yeah, got some on a hit list. <laughs> Nothing monstrous, but we got some. We got some that need to go for the deer farm. That's what, if you didn't know, I'm in a farming operation with mine. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. So first, we want to um, give a big thanks to Greg Rimpy. Yeah, that, he's helped us out so with our sound. Stuff. We, we yeah. hope hope our sound's sounding better. But more importantly, I do well, his show. Learning. Yeah, um, once a month, first Tuesday of the month, and that was this past Tuesday. You can always tune in. I try to let everybody know, but you can go back and listen to his stuff archive too. But um, we talked about some cool stuff, but man, he hit me with something I wasn't expecting. He does a Hall of Fame and he inducted me to his barbecue Hall of Fame. And Who's in there? I don't know. Man, he always, it's the who's who of barbecue. Oh, I mean, really? Yeah. If you're in that one, I'm, I'm, as far as I'm, that's another bona fide thing. For real. <laughs> another feather in your yeah, hat. Yeah. Greg, man, you know, Greg's been doing this. I don't know how many years you'd have to ask him, but I know. Before we over were, ten, it's over ten. I know, and because we we talked to him back when we first got started, and that was when we were doing a newsletter. Me and him mm-hmm. talked about it. He was like, you know, we started. That's what got him interested. I guess he saw our newsletter out when we were doing that. That and that's been that's before we did videos. That's that's been over ten years ago. Yeah, then. So and we've been doing videos yeah. for ten years. It'll be ten this in summer. June. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. But um, and so yeah, we we and throughout the years, I've went on his shows mm-hmm. different times and. Everybody goes on his show. Yeah. He, he, like he gets, Steve Reichlin goes on his show. Beathead's you know, on Beathead there. Beathead goes yeah. on his show. He gets, I mean, all the Tuffy. all the big winners. You know, that somebody wins a contest, they usually go on his show. American Rule, Livestock, Houston Livestock, Jack, yeah. all, I mean, Memphis and May. He's the Johnny Carson of barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Well, that's, we're, we're, what did y'all talk about this past week? Um, we talked We talked about buying a trailer because he, he actually listened to our podcast. Yeah. I don't know if he was listening to see if my, if my sound was better or if he was really interested. And I think he was interested. But he, he was interested in talking about trailer and what it's like to go through, you know, making that decision to spend all that money. Mm-hmm. Where, how do you come up with that budget and all that? And that's, how far are you on your trailer buying? Not journey. much further than I was last I week. thought about this the other day. I think the fact that I gave you the green light just threw you for a loop. loop. Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> You like to just do it without any approval. That's true. <laughs> now it's not a surprise to you. Uh, well, I guess I'm going to buy an RV to go with that trailer then. Give me a... <laughs> I think that's what happened. That's what, but, but yeah, that's what we talked. We talked about that. We talked about a couple of the recipes that we, you know, done recently. Um, but you go on there the first Tuesday of every yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. First Tuesday of every month, Barbecue Central show. You're the first guest usually. Like usually first o'clock. segment, yeah. yeah. Fresh in from football practice with Michael. <laughs> I use, well, usually I duck out. Yeah. The coach likes to keep them till 8 o'clock, and I hate to be late. So you'll pick him up, and I'll be ready to go on Skype. Last weekend, we cooked our local backyard contest. Water, the Hernando yeah. Water Tower Fest. Non-sanctioned. It was a complete success as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I showed up with 12 cases of beer and we had a blast. <laughs> it was a little bit of a hospitality thing. You know, we had a lot of friends uh, stop by. It was mainly, but I'll tell you what, it was, once again, it was hot. It was so hot. It didn't matter because we were kind of, I mean, if you call that downtown or the square area, there's two or three little restaurants around there and they got, we, we had lunch at I had lunch at both of them. One day was I went to Windy City. Yeah. One day we went to AC. Because you can just walk right sit, there. Yeah, it's right, a great little contest. And then, um, uh, we cooked it with Swine Life and Tennessee Mojo. Yeah, we got some calls in a few categories. Yeah. I don't know how. Swine to, Life. Yeah, I didn't cook Because Emily won dessert. She got first place. Jamie, she made Jamie a, got some beans. Mark got some steak yeah. calls. 
Oh, now we ought to have her on here Talk just to go it. over that cheesecake recipe. It was in, perfect in full detail because yeah, that may have been, you know I'm I consider myself a cheesecake aficionado, <laughs> not a snob, an aficionado. Yeah, connoisseur. Hadn't met a bad one. You know, I've even I, I'll even I'll even dip down and eat the no bakes. Yeah, you know that you just mix up <laughs> put the crumb crust, but. This one that she did, it was a, I guess it's a regular, regular cheesecake. So a New York style cheesecake with a caramel sauce. And she made like a caramel glass and had that on top mm-hmm. of it. And then had real homemade whipped cream that she kind of garnished, decorated with, and then strawberries. Yeah. And um, on their Facebook page, I think Mark put a picture of it up. Yeah. You can go there and really see a, Yeah. You can go there and see a slice of it and. The picture doesn't do it justice, and the picture's phenomenal. It was one of the better pictures, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the so better cheesecakes I've ever had. Because the crust had a little, like, savory note to it. I don't know what she... And the I cheesecake think she was perfect, Ground creamy. butter and added a little, That's like, it sea so salt it to it or something. Yeah. It, it was amazing. No, and it had a little bit of, like, cinnamon flavor or something yeah. to it. But very... Faint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was incredibly well done. She won first place dessert. Um, I think she would have won first place dessert in any category with that cheesecake that day. You know, it just like, yeah. it was perfect. Um, yeah, beans and steak. Uh, we did pork and we did ribs and they were good. I thought they were real good. Yeah. But as far as the meat goes, the best thing we cooked was Mark did these little porterhouse lamb chops. Have you seen them? Like you can get them at, um, I think you got them at Kroger, but I've seen them at Sam's in like a multi-pack. It's mm-hmm. like a little We've bitty. We've cooked them before. You have a recipe on an old, oh, yeah. old one. They're good. They're great. And he did them um, on that M grill. It's a, it's the little <laughs> ammo box grill on a tabletop. How did that go? Now, I did go over and watch that. I, I ran the thermopin on that. I was like, Mark, we're going to want to overcook this lamb, you know, and it was he. I don't know what he seasoned them with because he was up in the trailer. He come out and we put them on there and. It didn't take, I bet you they weren't on that grill three and a half, four minutes total. And he just flipped them around, wasn't worried about trying. I mean, they were on grill grate, but it wasn't like trying to get grill marks. Really, you're just trying to sear that outside. And the whole time he's he's got like lump coal underneath it in that M grill. And it's flaming up because he's made this herb butter mixture that he's like basting the lamb with as mm-hmm. it cooks. And it's kind of causing it to flame up. I said, man, what? Burger King ain't got nothing on you, Mark Williams. <laughs> cook, it, cook it on that M grill, <laughs> these little lamb, porterhouse lamb chops. It smelled like, you, you know, when you go to the, the fair or something and you got those guys cooking like the the, mm-hmm. the gyros and the sausages and you can just you get, get a whiff smell. of that with that uh, with all of it, the lamb and the butter and all that herbs dripping down on those coals right there. And that was, it was fantastic. And they were cooked perfect. And I don't know how he did in the contest, but man, they, they were I could have ate. I could have ate the whole turning box of them because it's and not. You don't but a like bite. lamb. Yeah, and I'm not a big lamb. I mean, I'll, lamb's okay, but it's. I've had. It's like it's like salmon. I've had some. You know, that's yeah. good, really good. Then I've had some. It's like I'm not eating that again. But, but it was good. It was really good. I, I got. I had to take Michael to the uh, football game, but people were sending me pictures. Y'all were underneath a ten by ten pop up tent. With flames kissing that tent. <laughs> Did you get pictures of it? Yeah. How high? So he was. He kept feeding it like kindling sticks. I mean, this thing is no bigger than. Well, if you can imagine um, an ammo can, that's what it is. It's so I would say it's what twelve inches long. It's like a maybe by almost. yeah yeah maybe by eight inches wide at the most. And it's I it's mean, just a place to put stainless steel box. Yeah. Yeah. It's a place to put some. Coals at the bottom with a grate on top. And that's, that's it. it. You're cooking directly over them. And it's, I mean, they, they made them so you can just grill something real fast. It's portable. Yeah. And you can shut it down. But <laughs> it don't cool off fast. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. That thing was probably still hot when we left that night at 10 o'clock. It was crazy. I mean, it was, but he had to, he, he fed it flame. He's like, I can get it hot. I can get it hot. And I was like, man, I was afraid he's going to melt those racks when he put them on there. But it was, <laughs> it handled it. I mean, you didn't want to touch it, but it was, it was I mean, it's a cooking machine. Um, He saved me a, piece of lamb because he knows i love lamb. what'd you think about it it was excellent it was very and you very ate good. a couple hours and later. i ate it cold yeah. yeah it was very good um i turned in that bacon wrapped shrimp recipe that i turned in at memphis may yeah they were um good. Eh, they weren't the That's best it. at memphis may they were really good because we used smaller shrimp and doubled them put one shrimp on the top one shrimp on the bottom put the stuffing in the middle right and then wrapped a really thin piece of bacon around it so um it turned out much better 
This time I used a really big piece of shrimp, just one piece of shrimp and a thicker piece of bacon. And it just didn't do as well. Yeah. You didn't so, like it too yeah. chewy or. Yeah. The bacon wasn't I, like. I, I had one. I mean, I, I had one. I thought it was pretty good. You know? Yeah. I they weren't as good yeah. as they could have been. It was, I think, wasn't that one of the later turn-ins? And it was. Yeah. By that point, I, I got out there at 7.15, cracked a beer, <laughs> 8 a.m. You didn't turn in until almost 8 o'clock. Yeah. It was a long day. I didn't care what shrimp tastes like at that point. <laughs> I was out there to socialize. We got a couple Post Malone shirts left over. Yeah, we need to give those away. I think I'm going to do a giveaway. Yeah, uh, we need to because you bought you bought a bunch of them, didn't you? So is that a, a one and done? I got to send day? Greg one. Yeah, one. I got his address. I got he one ready to, to go today for him. Yeah. I was going to send him some of your new Malcolm. No, it one and done. I don't think so. I'm, I'm no, gonna, for Post Oak Malone. I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to keep that name in the reserves. <laughs> When you could come out incognito, get me some stick-on face tattoos, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go cook. Anytime I pull Jolene out, I can be post Oak Malone. Um, I yeah, just love that. I love that. It's name. so it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Some people didn't kept telling me like I don't, what, I, I don't get, get it. it, and yeah. I'm like, oh, they use post oak. Yeah. To smoke. If you're young enough to know who post oak, or post Malone is, you probably don't know what post oak is. Yeah. And if you're old, <laughs> and if you know what post oak is, you have no clue this <laughs> fellow with the <laughs> fellow with some scat tattoos on his face. Yeah. And then when you play them some music, they really don't get it because I don't know how many people say I've heard my kid played me his stuff and I can't understand a word of it. It's like, man, you don't understand rock star. Um. What's his What's his song that I like? Is it Rock Star? Yeah, you like, like a bunch of them. Wow, like you like Wow? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so we had Heath on last week, and he was talking about going down to Ruleville. Um, <laughs> yeah, for the next leg of that Delta thing, and when somebody stole his ribs, <laughs> yeah. I'd never heard of anybody's meat getting stolen at a contest. You know, uh, and it ended up. Um, he's the first when we first heard about it, we just assumed it was like a competitor. Yeah. yeah, somebody didn't want him to win. Yeah, out to get him. So when did he know his ribs were gone? Like when he, when he woke up, up to put the, them on at five a.m. The night. You know, okay, he got so up they to work. Were raw. They, yeah, were, they were in they the cooler. Okay, I was thinking they stole them off the smoker. No, no, they were okay. in the cooler. Yeah, and apparently, I guess whoever did it got it several people, but they had a they were cooking in front of a bank. And so I guess Heath went to the organizer and they went to the police and, and checked and they went and checked the security camera and saw the guy that did it and went and got him from his house. I guess they knew who he was. Maybe he's he was just a, a town local. thief. Yeah. <laughs> town thief. <laughs> Come on, George. So we we got, know you got him in there. We got the town thief back <laughs> locked up. <laughs> but, but the kicker was the dude, I don't know how long it was from the time he got his ribs or till when he got, you know, they arrested him, but he had done sold the meat. Like they weren't oh, really? there. Yeah. It was gone. So. <laughs> so the meat wasn't there at all. Uh, uh, I thought there. No, they... he didn't recover his, his meat. Now that would have been something if it had recovered the ribs and then he had cooked uh, them. I don't but know. he ended up, um, KO and, and, and uh, Austin were there cooking too. So they got, each gave him some of theirs yeah. or whatever. You know how barbecue is. You, you go help your buddies out. Yeah. And uh, he ended up coming in fifth or sixth without, you know, putting, he was behind because I guess he had that, to find some ribs yeah, first. Yeah. So he did not do well. But I mean, still top 10. To, yeah. This is crazy. Have you ever heard of anybody getting their never. meat stolen? Never. Sto- I've never heard of anybody getting it stolen. You yeah. Know? That's something you don't really think about at a barbecue contest. Somebody actually stealing your meat. I mean, everybody's got a cooler full of meat. You know? Yeah. But no, I hadn't. That's the first time. <laughs> I'd have been. I'd Sorry. Been, well. Sorry yeah. it had to happen to Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was probably thinking he got sabotaged too. Yeah. I think he's got one more shot though. Okay. At, at that, the points or whatever. I so. thought he said. There was, well, never mind. Yeah. This week, you cooked a bona fide ribeye steak sandwich. Yes, I did. <laughs> and that recipe was the first time I ever cooked it. And I guarantee you it won't be the last because it was, I said that it's probably one of the best sandwiches I've ever eaten in my life. I mean, it's a ribeye smothered with portobello mushrooms, onions, and cheese. On garlic toast with roasted garlic mayonnaise. Now, how can that be bad? There's no, no way it can be no bad. There's no way it can be bad. can't be good for you, <laughs> <laughs> but it can't be bad. Now, you said that's the best steak sandwich you ever had. I guess you. I'll put it up there. I mean, I've never, I didn't think about it Yeah. in terms of best sandwich. I did. I don't know. So when it, it was I mean, delicious. I really, I really did cooking it. 
I had there were to, no leftovers. I had to stop and like really say, hold on a minute. This is this is good. This is good. <laughs> it was that good. And you cook a lot of good stuff. And I cook a lot of good stuff. See, when you first told me you were going to do a steak sandwich, I was thinking more cheesesteak style. Or, or, you know, where you cut the steak up. Yeah. And that's how you see them most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I've... You know, there used to be a restaurant. They're still there in South Haven uh, called Dale's. I took you there. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. years ago. But they used to do a steak sandwich, and it wasn't nowhere near that. But it was a, a good steak sandwich. Was you it know? a full piece of yeah, they steak? Yeah, they put a little ribeye on a sandwich. And that's how, I mean, I think. It, what kind of bread would they use? It was just like a French uh, hoagie bun yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Serve it with peppers and onion. They were just, they were still more like um, sauteed, kind of not real soft. You know, the peppers and onions yeah. still had a little bit of bite to them. They probably put cheese on it. I don't remember. And served it with A1 sauce. I do remember that. Was it good? Yeah. Heck yeah. It was a good sandwich. And that was, I mean, that's, I mean, I, steak sandwich. Most of the time you see them, they're, somebody slices them up yeah. or they do it like a thin slice, like Philly cheesesteak yep. style or something like that. Yeah. And I thought whole on Texas toast would make it look awesome. And it did. Because, I mean, there's more meat than there. You know, most of the time on the sandwich you get, it's just big old bun and, and uh, you know, there's more bread than there is yeah. anything. I was like, no. And it's dry. We're just going, we just need the bread on the outside to pick it up. That way <laughs> Keep it thin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. I mean, it's a meal, though. And that was, I mean, 10-ounce steak. That's a decent size. Okay. So what kind of ribeyes did you use? They were from Kroger. I didn't do anything special. I went in there, and I didn't even get them out of the, the, the butcher case. I got them off the shelf, you know, where they have them already packaged up. Because that's usually where they have the thinner cuts. You know, that's what... Because so you were looking for a thinner yeah, cut of Yeah, I was steak. looking. I went and found. I sorted... It was still pretty, it was, like, an inch? No, no, no way. It was probably half. Half an inch? Yeah, yeah. I'd say half. If I'd have got that in a contest, I'd have been like, oh, we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there ain't enough room to get the string around it. But for cooking, what I, I just sorted through the meat case and found the smallest ones. And they were all, you know, would have been eight to 10 ounces is what mm-hmm. I'd, I'd found. And I don't think they were nine bucks a piece, something like that, eight ninety nine. So yeah. they were, you know, they, were, they weren't too bad. Reasonable. Price. And uh, I was looking for one that had a decent spinalis, you know, because I knew that's. My favorite part to yeah, eat. I wanted yeah. that hanging off the sandwich, and got them home. And instead of instead of cutting them up, I knew that we're not going to use a knife or fork to, to eat them with. See, that was my concern. Are you going to try? How you going to bite it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want to bite into it and like. And since they weren't expensive steaks, I said well, I'm going to tenderize them. And Jay's the one that put me onto the onion slicer. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a pick, a fro pick. Everybody commented, but, yeah, fro pick. but it's really an so onion I, slicer. I got it off Amazon for like I put five the bucks. Link to Amazon up there. Did you? Yeah. yeah. But and then what it's meant to do is you jab it through an onion, and it's got perfect guides for you to stick your knife there and cut slices or tomatoes or whatever. Yeah. But for for tenderizing a steak, it works perfect because the tines are sharp and thin, and it's easier to clean. It's smaller than a jacquard. But, you mm-hmm. know, the jacquard always gets me because it's got that spring loaded. It mashes. You punch it and it mashes. Yeah, this is just poking straight through. It's just kind of like needling it. And so I did that a few times. I didn't do it a ton and let it set out. And so it kind of loosened up. And that's when we, you know, put the seasoning and stuff to it. I kept it real simple. It was just salt and pepper. And I wanted a little tiny touch of like, you know, steaks that we like to eat. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. <clears throat> Steaks that we'd like to eat. I did uh, Worcestershire and balsamic vinegar just because it gives it a good flavor. I mean, yeah. I, that's the kind of steak I like to eat at home. Just a little splash yeah. of each. It goes great on a steak sandwich. Yeah. Let that sit while grill came up. Give me time to saute the veg. Then we hit it with some steak rub, went on the coals, and cooked it for four minutes total. That was it. I didn't tempt nothing. There yeah. was no, I just felt it. Uh, yep. It feels like it's right to me. And that's when I. If we would have pulled it off right there and cut it, would it have been pretty rare? Yeah. I'd imagine it would been really rare. Yeah. Because it was still, you know, you, I could feel it. I was like, well, I'm still going to let it go back on the grill with the hot mushrooms and onions mm-hmm. that I sauteed in a skillet. And then with the cheese on top to melt it, that's extra time. So it probably was on the grill, I don't know, six minutes. But you got to think of all the heat that was on those vegetables too, so that's cooking it. So yeah, it was cooking it from yeah. both sides. I would I would say it was better to me cooked, uh, uh, you know, to or rare to medium rare to, to get it turn out like I wanted to. Yeah, and that's what really made it tender too. If you cooked it well done, it'd probably been chewier. Yeah, but whenever you're using like choice grade meat or just a regular steak from the grocery store, 
if you cook them a little bit, you know, if you don't overcook them, they're, they're still really good. Yeah. And that's where people run into problems. They'll get one of those steaks and we'll cook it medium well or something. And you might as well be eating a hamburger. I thought that it was the perfect cook for a sandwich because it still had some red in the middle, but there wasn't any blood or juice. Yeah, 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 out, yeah. You know? So and I'll let it rest a good little while too, mm-hmm. you know, while, while we did the toast and everything. So it took it, I don't know, 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, it didn't take the toast. All you did, you did the toast. It was, I, I melted, I made up a little garlic butter. I took a half a stick of butter and I took, um, let's see, teaspoon garlic of garlic powder, half a teaspoon of garlic powder and a teaspoon of dried parsley. It's three things. Popped it in the microwave 30 seconds. It was kind of creamy. Just kept stirring it and that heat from stirring it kind of gets it liquefied and then you just brushed it on the texas toast popped mm-hmm. it on broil for what two minutes top yeah it don't take long you don't I, walk I stand away there and it. watch it real close yeah if you go too heavy with the butter it'll be more like a, st- a toast you'd want to eat you know like they serve yeah like yeah. that kind of garlic toast but you want it to still you know you don't want a ton of butter on it you just want enough to to kind of give it that flavor and to make it brown yeah if you go too light it'll stay yellow I mean, everybody's done toast like that you just put a pat of butter on there and it cooks and it looks like traditional garlic toast. We had talked about doing it on the grill, toasting it on the grill like Mark from one of his videos did. Yeah, the yeah. chicken sandwich. But we decided just to. Yeah. Since I, we I already figured, had too many moving parts. It would have just been another. I could have done that. I would have done yeah. it. How would you do it if you were going to do it on a grill? I probably would have took those grill. It would have cooked on the grill grates, but I didn't really want marks on my bread like mm-hmm. that. Probably would have laid some full down. And that's what you know Mark did. He just laid some Is full it? down on the yeah. grill and then cooked it. And it browns up really nice. So you could have done that. Someone suggested that I should have done it on French bread. I saw one of the comments. And I bought a loaf of French bread just in case. I didn't like the way the toast was going to turn out. But to me, the French bread was too dense. Mm-hmm. I didn't want I didn't want a bready sandwich. I wanted to, you know, I wanted I want the Texas toast was perfect for steak to me. I think it was I think it was a, got soft. Yeah, know, but it didn't get mushy, mushy like a bun yeah. would. You know when you get a, a good greasy burger and your fingers are going through the bun and it's, <laughs> it wasn't like that. It's, no, the it toast held, up, held up. Yeah, yeah. But it I wasn't like, like a bunch of bread in your mouth. You that's know? right. You know, I had never done one, but I like barbecue on Texas toast too. Like we go to the barbecue shop, you get the option. You want it on a bun or toast? I always go toast. I just like the I like the crunchy texture on the outside. Like better. pulled pork. Yeah, pulled yeah. pork sandwich. Yeah, barbecue sandwich. Yeah, be great on a brisket, like a brisket melt. Do that. That's, I need to jot that down. Brisket melt. <laughs> That's really good. I've never seen one. I'm sure there are people done them, but I hadn't. That'll be coming up. But that was a, I mean. We did a vegetarian one. <laughs> I hadn't put that video up. You did? Oh, you should have. Well, I was waiting. If you watch that video, you notice I had still had some peppers and onions left over. And after I took a bite of that sandwich, I was like, this is too good. I can't, I'm not going to let those guys waste either. And so I just laid a couple slices of provolone on it, stuck it back over on the side of the grill, and it sat there for, until we closed out the video. Yeah. And then that's when I said, Shell, it was you on the cool side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was on the cool side, just sitting there chilling. The cheese got bubbly over the top. So I had two more pieces of toast and I put some mayo on it and I just took that spatula and slid under that. And it, I was like, eh, it's either going to come up or it's all going to fall apart. Well, it come up perfect. The cheese like glued it. Just like a and then I, Yeah, just like a, it was, yeah. And I slid it under there and slid it on that bread. And man, I could be vegetarian if I could eat that. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, is that part of vegetarian diet? I mean, it had butter in it and cheese. I mean, I, I guess don't it, yeah, I don't, the, the, if it, there was no meat, there's no meat, there's no meat. So I'd say so. It was good. So anytime your wife says you got to cook a vegetarian meal, <laughs> just do the portobello onion, provolone cheese sandwiches. And you know, even though the vegetarian one, it still had like a smokiness. It picked, it had, yeah, those, yeah, they had some grill flavor. How did it? I guess from that cast iron. I mean, yeah, picking up flavor in yeah. the grill because I didn't do. I mean, had to be just from the charcoal because you know there wasn't nothing that was actually touching the yeah. grill. It was in the skillet, but. How did you decide to do mushrooms and onions? Because a lot of people do peppers and onions. Yeah, I just like mushrooms. Yeah. And when I think of steak, I think of steak and mushrooms, and uh, I knew onions would go with it. And it was mm-hmm. just, I don't know. You know, stuff really hits good. me in the middle of the night. I'll be laying there thinking, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about what. Got you oh, marking your point. Yeah. You're hungry. It'll be good to eat. And I said, yeah, you know what? Ribeye sandwich. How'd you pick those mushrooms? Because they were kind of 
they were a bigger sliced mushroom. What were they, baby bellas? Yeah, they only got two choices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, porta baby bellas and buttons. And that day I was filling portabella. <laughs> no, you could do any well, kind I'll tell you why, because really. you could do any kind. But this goes back to another restaurant experience. One of my restaurants that I like, Amerigo's Italian restaurant. They used to. I don't know if they still. They might at the Jackson branch. I don't know if they do at the Memphis branch. They, but they had they served. <laughs> it was called a portobello ribeye, and so it was a ribeye steak, and it wasn't much much larger than the steak sandwich steak, um, because they served a marinated grilled portobello cap. Like I'm talking, you know, not a baby bell, a full yeah, blown yeah. portobello cap on top of that ribeye steak, and they'd put some cheese and stuff and kind of torch it. And I guess I don't know how they did it. But that steak and mushroom is such a great combination. Yeah. The mushrooms is almost it's like eating the steak itself. So you don't need like a 16 ounce ribeye, 10 to 12 ounce or with the big mushroom caps, fine. And so I knew, you know, I always loved that. And I cook those caps a lot of times. Like when we, yeah, there, there are occasions where we do vegetarian night. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's usually my go to. <laughs> yeah, the portobello. Portobello, cap. Yeah. yeah. And the garlic mayo was good. It was very, it was garlicky. I love garlic. I almost did. It was garlicky, and it went so well on that sandwich. I almost Why did. Why did it go so well? I don't know. I almost did a horseradish mayo. Yeah, I think that would have worked, But too. I had that roasted garlic because I'd made some pizzas. Like, my night to cook, I did some, like, vegetarian pizzas and uh, used that roasted garlic on the with the olive oil for, to make the sauce instead of using, like, pizza sauce. And I was like, well, you know, might as well not let it go to waste. Let's make a mayo up with it. I don't know what aioli is. I'm not. I guess it's a. Fancy <laughs> it's like word a fancy mayonnaise. Well, we made roasted garlic blue plate. And <laughs> blue plate ought to think about bringing that one to market because it was good. It was very good, and it was simple too. Black pepper, mayonnaise, hot sauce, and roasted garlic. Yep. that's all it was. And I didn't do. I mean, I didn't even chop them. I put the roasted garlic in the bowl and just mashed them until yeah. it was like a paste. Whipped in the mayonnaise and the hot sauce and the pepper with it. And then put it in the refrigerator and let it just hang out until those flavors got together. It was so good on that steak sandwich. Did you keep that or did you throw it out the rest of it? No, I think it got thrown out. Did it set yeah. out too long? Yeah. I'll have to make up some more. That, that would be good on all kinds of stuff. Not just I steak. I agree. It'd be good. It'd be good on a hamburger. Yeah. Real good. But if you wanted to not use mayo, I don't know why you wouldn't, but yeah. you could throw A1 on there. You just take sauce. It really didn't need a sauce. Yeah, you could just do but I don't know. The creaminess tied it together. I know. I mean, yeah. You got a little heat yeah. touch. Just that a garlic. Touch, but not the garlic really shined through. Mm-hmm. Garlic, good. mushrooms, onions, steak, they all go really well you together. You know how we do those little pork sliders where we did the caper mayonnaise thing? Mm-hmm. That roasted garlic would go great with pork loin on little sliders too or sandwiches. It, there is roasted garlic in that recipe. So I did notice. <laughs> oh, it's roasted it? garlic. It's a roasted garlic basil. Um, Capers? Yeah. And, may- and mayonnaise? Yeah. Well, it would be really good just that way without the capers and the other stuff. Just yeah, just do the roasted. Yeah, garlic. that's just yeah. a simplified version. You could take that sandwich, the steak sandwich, and turn it into some type of little sliders, couldn't you? Yeah, I was saying that with fillet. Take a fillet. Oh my god! Slice it, you know, <laughs> slice it thin. Put your little mushroom pepper on it and a piece of cheese, and let that melt and just go straight to a slider bun. Next time I have to do like some kind of. Um, sandwich entry or something mm-hmm. like that, or a uh, one bite thing, that'd be a heck of a one bite. It'd be really good. It'd be very good. I think so. Keep it little on the yeah. medium rare side, but still pink and tender. It'd be good. I'm in. I wanted one of those steak sandwiches right now. Mm, close to lunchtime. Would you do anything differently? <laughs> no, that was perfect. <laughs> Made some more. <laughs> yeah, we only had two. I wish I had somebody to make me gone. one right now. Yeah, I only made two. I only bought two steaks. Uh, but so differently, somebody commented on there that it reminded them of the neighbor's pork chop sandwich they made. And I said, pork chop sandwich? What the heck's that? Have you ever had a pork chop sandwich? I have, but. I've never done one. I need to do a pork chop It was chop like sandwich. leftover pork chop, you know. I like mama's fried pork chop yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, white bread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm talking about a real deal pork chop sandwich. Don't that, that sounds pretty good, don't it? Would a pork chop be as tender as that uh, ribeye? You know, that's a good question. 
I bet you could tenderize it though. Oh, what about a pork steak sandwich? Tenderize it real good. You could cook those; they would be tender. That would—that's a good idea too. Yeah, pork chop, uh, pork steak sandwich. Anything that I can sandwich a fire. <laughs> you like the sandwich a fire stuff. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, hey, it's lunch. It's not just a dinner. <laughs> you know, it's lunch. <laughs> Put it on the menu. That's some mayonnaise. Pork on steak that sandwich menu. would be good. I'm telling you. I'd... I'm interested in this pork chop sandwich though. I want you to get like those thin cut pork chops. Tenderize it real good. Grill it. No bone. Fast. Bone. No, no bone. No bone. Or cut the bone out or yeah. something. You need a good chop for it, not just like a piece of dry pork. Yeah, pork yeah. Loin. Because I mean, you could take a pork loin, slice it. And you put could that brine it. I don't consider that a pork chop. So when I think of pork chop, I'm thinking of not a double cut, but a thick cut pork chop, like like the kind my mom would fry up. Yeah. You know, and then, but but without the bone. Yeah. On a sandwich, but you know, like grill. I gotta try it. I gotta try it. What would you top it with? I don't know. See, that's it's <laughs> got me thinking. I could do, do some apples, or a slaw, or I could do some cooked apples and make some kind of a same. Yeah, or, I mean, so I was thinking something warm, you know, or you could you could totally go different and go like the uh, broccoli rob with some some kind of white cheese over that. Over the pork would go good if you did it herby kind of. Yeah, on the pork, I uh-huh, can get a know. little bitter. That broccoli rob can get a little bit bitter. I like it on a, on a chicken on a chicken filly. You yeah. ever had that? That's what I was thinking. What would, what would go on something lighter meat than red meat? Yeah. So you can get away with sweet. You can get away with a diff, different kind of veg and different herbs and stuff. <clears throat> Always thinking, man. I'll be your guinea pig. Hey, shoot those ideas to us too. Y'all get some. Y'all want to see me try it? Her work something. I'm actually, you know. We've been talking to Meathead a little bit, and and, ch- and uh, we got a thing going where we're trying to work on. I might start testing out some of his recipes to see if I can, you know, how they turn out for me. Yeah. And I might do some videos and put some stuff on. I think we, he's going to put some stuff on his uh, site, and we're going to kind of cross promote each other and, and kind of, you know, partner up. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have buddies and barbecue, right? Oh yeah, he's a very knowledgeable guy. Man, too. he knows more. Yeah. He knows a lot about he, the business. They're into things. the science behind it, and he's got a team of people. He's got testers that do like all the grill reviews. Like that's their only job. Yeah, he has he's a guy got on a, staff that just tests. He's got a thermometer stuff. guy. Does nothing but <laughs> test. Can you imagine that? That's your job. You just I'm just going to test thermometers all day, <laughs> all different kinds. You think he'd run out, but I guess yeah. there's all kinds of ways to test them, huh? People are always um, emailing and asking like what grill should i get and we have like a smoker buying guide but it's like a one-page thing it's That's just like my vert, my quick abridged yeah, version. it's just like these are the things you need to think about but we don't do any serious research or stuff so now i'm gonna start sending them to his page because he has just yeah oodles I mean, and oodles yeah of research so if you're uh, interested in buying a traeger ironwood or whatever you can go ahead and find out all the details of that specific grill that model yeah, and, I'm just telling you what I like. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> For my reason. Yeah. <laughs> there ain't no science behind it. <laughs> it's, all, it's all art here. Yeah, it's all, it's all it's art. All, yeah. Yeah. Redneck we'll call it art. <laughs> I like that. And <laughs> it's all eating, really. Yeah. Which one can I cook a delicious ribeye sandwich on, right? <laughs> but, yeah, if you are interested in, you know, Buying a specific smoker, you can go there and get all the details about it. You know, I thought cool. I've been going it. through his uh, pitmaster club and just reading some of the topics on there and all that stuff. There's a, just, it's just it would endless. take you, yeah, yeah. There's so much information, yeah, way more than I ever imagined. I've known about it. I've known about that site for a long. I mean, I use Amazing Ribs. It's a good resource. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I got, if I need to research something, I'm doing. Shoot, you don't think I'm gonna go see what they say about it? Yeah, there's so so many guys on there know what they're talking about. You know. And I was blown away by how many people he has, you know, on staff researching stuff. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Um, in fact, when I was doing some research, because we're going to talk about twos on fires here in a second. So I like to just do a little research and get some stuff together so I can ask you questions, you know. Sure. And so I went to, um, you know, when I was Googling it, his website came up and he has just illustrations and he breaks it down and really gets specific with it. I need you to do that on some of my stuff. I ain't got time. 
That's the one thing. You got you to gotta have a staff to do all yeah. that. You can't do it by yourself. It's too much. I'm not a good researcher either, unless we're talking like. Decorate. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say food. I can research. So what are we talking? So you want to talk about. Two's on fire. Two's on fire. Or two's on cooking. You know, I use what that all it? the time. Well, okay. That was the one thing. So you asked me, well, you know, why do you, you call it two's on fire or whatever? Two's on fire is pretty much hot to cold side. Is it two's on fire, two's on cooking, two's on grill? Whatever you whatever. want to call it's it. I don't, I mean, that's a, that's a scientific, you need to go look that up. I didn't, I didn't make it up. <laughs> I just call it two's on fire because I've got one side of my grill that's got all the hot coals. That's the hot side. And then I've got a void on the opposite side. So hot zone, cool zone, two zones. Yeah, you use it this week to do your ribeye sandwich. I use it, and I've used it all the time. Yeah. Uh, any kind of grill, can usually any kind of grill can be set up for it, like a mm-hmm. grill. Now, pellet grills, you're not doing two zone stuff on them, but they're not. They're different, you know. It's more different cooking. It's more of a grill thing than a smoker thing. Can you, Is there even a point of using a two zone fire with a smoker? No. Like you're I not going to do so. that with Jolene. There's no, no. point. Yeah. Mm-mm. There's no, I mean, you got you got your zones by where you move it on the cooking yeah, tray, but yeah. it's not the same. Because when I say two zone fire, it's not the. It's more direct the, the, and yeah. Direct. The, the the whole idea is you gotta have I've got direct. a direct side where I can really sear if I want to, and then I've got a cool side like a safe zone to slow things down. And you know, there's different ways to cook on a two zone fire. You know, some people like to do a reverse sear. They'll start it out over on the cool zone, finish it. Some some things we do hot sear on and move. I mean, there's no right or wrong i mean best approach or whatever that's just how i like to do it and i started using a lot of the two zone stuff on charcoal grills when i know it's going to be a longer cook and i'm cooking a lot of stuff and i need me a, i need me a place to move food to when it gets ahead or when it you know when i've got other stuff on there i just know that if, if i'm sitting there turning stuff i can put something over in the cool zone and, and it'd be okay it's not gonna it's not gonna overcook on mm-hmm. it gives me it buys me a little time that's what's great about it and also, it lets you watch those internal temperatures come up slower. You know, if, 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 um, say, like I'm cooking a chicken or something, chicken breast or any kind of piece of chicken, and I started it out and I seared it first, you know, really to get the skin crunchy and all that stuff I wanted on the outside of it. But then I know that the chicken's probably going to overcook on the outside if I kept it in that direct heat. Well, I've got, the, I've got, the, the, I've yeah. got the two zone, I've got the cool zone over here. I can move that chicken over. And, you know, watch it and it'll slow down. It'll slowly cook. It'll stop the outside from burning up or whatever. And it lets me, you know, if I want to glaze it, I can put some sauce on it, move it back over and let it get a little caramelized and a little charry maybe, then move it back. So that's what I like about it. And I I remember, heck, I think it one of the early videos we did, maybe it was on jerk chicken or something like that. I would do that. I had all those pieces. I remember this is our old house. I had... It might have been on the old Black Weber grill that I had, um, and I'd load all the chicken up on on the hot side, get some color on it, move it over, and that's how I was my style of jerk chicken. Like, you know, and that's kind of what those guys do when they're cooking in those drums or you know those half barrels. They'll have coals all on one side, and they'll move it around, and always working the grill. That's <clears throat> that's like old school style cooking to me. Yeah, you get a good flavor that way. Heck too. yeah, it builds a great, the best flavor. Can you do it with a gas grill? Yeah, and you can set up gas grills for it because you turn burners on and off. And, I, you know, when I'm cooking on gas grill, I usually do that too. I'll have, you know, either once I'll either do like a left side, right side, or vice versa, or I'll have like two outers on and the inner's the safe spot or something like that. You can do it different ways. So that's They, what they work great. They work great. When you're doing a two-zone, is it always like left side, hot, right side, <sighs> cold, or could it be like coals in the middle and – you could spread it out, yeah. Or, definitely do that. You can, yeah. Um, you can put all the coals in the middle, and you got your outer zones cool. And you know, that's. I would say, a lot of people do that on kettle grills too. You know, they'll they'll put it in the middle and and then cook kind of around it, have a safe spot. But um, I like the left and right. I like having it all on one side. One one side I know five hundred fifty six hundred degrees searing, ready to rock and roll, and the other side is probably about three fifty. And a kettle grill. You know, yeah. I guess different grills are different, but usually but a lot of guesses, times, yeah. yeah, a lot of times you can control it depending on the type of grill you have. You can shut off airflow on the cool side and then have it drafting that way. So it's pulling the heat over there. So it's pulling some indirect heat over to you. PK is a great example of that. 
Um, when I did that tomahawk steak, I kind of yeah. had it set up like that. I, I use it a lot on the PK because it kind of gets that flow through it. You know, it's coming off the hot coals. The air is coming in on that side, keeping the coals stoked, and then it's exhausting over on the other side. And it's pulling it across the grate, and it makes really great heat, really great heat. Um, I mean, that's how you smoke on the PK. That's how you turn yeah, it into a Yeah, that's how you same way, yeah. Have you ever done a real long cook on your PK, like a pork butt or something? No, I just... I it's don't, harder to pass up the other I, smokers. Well, yeah, I don't PK. see... If, if that's the only grill I had, I'd figure out a way yeah. to, to smoke on it. But, I mean, you know, I, if I'm if I'm just going to put... I'm going to put it on a drum. If I'm just cooking one or let it roll all night on the pellet grill or... Well... You know how you do the vortex? You get the vortex in the middle, and you fill it up full of uh, charcoal. Mm -hmm. Would that be a two-zone fire? It's not. The vortex really, I mean, you theoretically, you got it set up in two zones, <laughs> but it's so forced heat out that one side that, no, it's not really two-zone. You'd burn something I mean, up if you put it over that. Yeah, if you, if you did, you better, it ain't, you couldn't see a steak. I mean, it would just scorch it. Yeah. It's so hot, it makes wood catch on fire right there. You know, it's, I mean. So what temperature do you think it, that is right there at that vortex? I don't know. I would be good to use that. I would blow that off. I oh, mean, really? I think it'd be hot. No, I don't know. It can't be that hot. I wouldn't imagine because it would melt the grill or the rack or something. So, yeah. I, But I still bet it's, you know, Seven. I bet it's over 700 degrees yeah. or 750, I would imagine. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know of anything you could cook at that temp, like from the bottom heat like that, that would take it. I mean. It'd have to be super fast. Yeah, it has to. Just a kiss. Just run it over it. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, you got to think, that's a lot of heat right there on it. I mean, it's forced. Well, when they do cowboy steaks and just throw it directly on the coals, I mean, what temp is that cooking at? I don't know I what know it burns at. Yeah. I, that's a, when you go check the amazing ribs for that, <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> what, what the surface area, some like lump logs or lump coal is yeah. when you cook on it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Thousand degrees. No, I doubt it's that hot. I don't know. It's pretty damn hot, though. But I guess when you, I mean, it's just getting kind of getting, it's getting some direct heat from the outside. But when you, when you put that bead on those coals, the coolness of them, slopping them right there. So it's not like when you got airflow and you got them constantly going, uh, you got meat yeah. dripping, it's probably a lot making it. Yeah. It's, it's, and the air is coming through it. So you got to think the air is not coming through that fire as much. Yeah. It's, it's just right there contact. on it. Yeah. yeah. But I've never, I've never cooked that way. And I, you know, that's on my list to do a big tomahawk steak on, on coals like that. I just worry um, you're going to mess up a big old tomahawk steak. I know. Steak. That's why I was like, why? I want it ashy. And they say, oh, it don't get ashy. You know, I Let's don't Let's get know. something cheap and try it first. <laughs> <laughs> so we can okay. throw it away. We don't feel bad yeah. throwing it away. I, hey, I know something. I can get a big deer shoulder. <laughs> Cowboys take it. What do you think that'd be like? I thought you'd have to do it with something a little thinner. <clears throat> I don't. Yeah, you probably would because I can't imagine. And see, you said. Well, I mean, I see guys doing it. Maybe it's just for a show effect. Yeah, it can't be as good as what you could cook on that's, a grill in, in a different kind of technique. Yeah, you know, that's that's what I'm thinking. It was necessity back in the day. Yeah, there's better options. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shovels came out and you can cook on one of them. You can hold it over. The <laughs> then we decided, hey, let's cook it with a rack. That's even better. <laughs> so, do you have to use a metal pan to create the void? No, you don't. You could have. I just I stuck that in there just because it keeps the coals. I mean, it does keep them over. Does it really matter? No, I don't think so. Could you put liquid in it? Yeah, but it wouldn't help. I it mean, I don't matter. Think it make anything. You if I was doing a long cook, if I was doing a long cook or something, I'd probably put some beer juice or water in there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's more of a heat sink, you know. They have yeah, those. that would make sense. It's more about keeping the tent low. And I do it with just the liquid. The, I do it just the old jack leg way. You just throw the coals in there. They make trays and yeah. Mark's got that attachment, that slow and sear thing, where it's got you know fits in there perfect, designed to make that. I just pile them up. Do you remember when we used to do the, we used to spin the chicken in a fish basket? Yeah, that was two zone. Yeah. We had the rotisserie set up, but the Weber, it had like the ring that would set on top of the grill and we put the thighs in this basket and then the coals, I had these, these little Weber. These are fish chicken. Yeah, what we, we're talking we about. killed it with it. Yeah. Well, it was one of those things you're the first or last. It was, yeah. 
Cause it was like, once we got on a roll hitting it, it would hit and it was 17 minute comp chicken is all it took. And it took 17 briquettes on each side. I had these little Weber, uh, metal trays that kind of, they're like little half, they look half, half moons, moon shape. Yeah. yeah. Little trays that fit on each side. And I'd count it out. I'd do two chimneys, 17 in each one, put them in there, let that spin for, or let that roll for 10 minutes to get the grill hot. I don't even remember. I don't think that Weber had a thermometer on it, but then we'd put the rotisserie in there, load the chicken. And it 17 minutes. 17 minutes. And you take it, it out. your 17, 17, 17 chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Triple 17. <laughs> <clears throat> but it would, uh, and so what got me though, I think judges finally figured out, like if you do it too many weeks in a row and they can see, cause it's in that basket, it puts a line on mm-hmm. And every time it had the perfect lines, perfect lines, perfect cause lines. Cause you had to squish it in that basket. Yeah, to hold much. it tight or it don't yeah. flop around. So we take it out of that. Then we dunk it, put it on a little rack. And then, you know, stick it right back on the, put, put, pop the regular rack back in and sit there and glaze for five, just long enough to tighten up the sauce. Yeah. Your coals were perfect at that point. But I think just the roasting it over that flame. Made it taste it, so good. Yeah. Because it just kept flipping. And that's what we just call it, flipping chicken. Because <laughs> it was just constantly flipping around on that rotisserie. And it was good. It really was good too. It was different. How did we come up with that idea? No, I mean, it's not like we saw somebody was, else doing it. I think it was a... Mark Lambert said something about rotating chicken, and I said, "All right, I'm gonna get me one of these things, and we're gonna do it." And we it was half a barbecue season before mm-hmm. we before it started tanking. But judges, I think they would know. It was like they were like, "Oh, that's that's that, yeah, that's killer chicken." Get and it's not as good because you get the same judges judging the same You're contest. Cooking the same. I don't cook, know. Yeah. This is just cook talk. It's <laughs> speculation. It could have been my chicken sucked out that day. I remember I we. Uh, we were on a roll with chicken and we left one contest. I think it was Nesbitt contest and we had tanked in chicken and several people had asked us about that. How are you spinning chicken? Several judges have yeah. come around what and is asked good us. Is, yeah. What is good is when you did it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I left that contest <clears throat> and I said, we're never spinning chicken again. I remember. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't cooked a piece. That was, I think that was when farm fest or something was like it? that. I remember. It was a local one. We had, and the judges would know you'd see them walk by, of course. They're getting there when you're getting the grill set up for chicken, mm-hmm. and they see the, you know. Well, it only takes one or two, and they talk so much in the judging yeah, room. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, human nature. But, That's it. Um, you can win with it. I mean, it's yeah. good chicken. The flavor's great. Is it easier than cooking it on a drum and a pan of butter? No. Oh. Uh, There's a lot of moving parts with it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got to get the chicken in there and squish it down just right. Because, I mean, it was a fish basket. You had to yeah. squish it down. And run the rotisserie. And yeah. And if it got a little off, you know. We still have the rotisserie, you know, that, that ring. Yeah, that goes to the Weber. We still have it in the garage. I, um, I had the Ribolator for it in the garage. You remember that? I never really used it. Oh, but it's yeah. Like, it's like a it Ferris like wheel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a Ferris wheel. <laughs> Tray. You lay the ribs in it. and they. I, I cook chicken they, in that, too. I, I that was a that, lot. The problem with that is it would get teeter-totter. real. Yeah, yeah, teeter-totter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I dumped I'd, some chicken one time with yeah. that too. I was cooking them. I had it loaded up with wings. and it just, I was like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> you picked that one. <laughs> yeah. I can cook six slabs of rib at a time. I was like, yeah, I can. I want them on the grills. <laughs> That's the only thing you had. I guess it'd be okay. But. If they had it where it would, wouldn't so... I don't know Lindsay? if you could do it. It has to do that it to be, has able, to be work. able to work. Yeah. And that was the thing. It was so tight in there that if it least bit had a lid on wrong or anything, got anything, off. yeah, anything got off, it would dump them. And it was an, all of a sudden you had coals all in that bottom of your meat or your meat and in your coals. So what do you like to use a twos on fire for cooking? Um, do you use it for steak? I like to use it for a lot of things. It depending, if I'm not needing the whole grill, I know that it's going to be a longer cook. I would always do it. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm just cooking a couple, a few steaks, I'm not probably going to do a two zone. Yeah. I'm just going to fire up, chimney, spread it out, cook my steaks, and be done. Well, but if you, I'm going to be doing some grilling, and I know that I'm going to be working that grill, always have a two zone. Like always. chicken? Yeah, because I can always add some example. more coals to it. But it gives me, it's really about having that safe air. If I want to say, if I'm saucing something, I can put the pan there. I can keep stuff warm. I can, you know, move it over. It's just, it's real, real handy if you're doing a lot of grilling to have you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a two zone. It could be on, you know, whatever kind of grill you're cooking on, just make you a cool spot too. And, you know, that way, you know, 
know 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 how know your grill, know how to run your fire, and know you know where to put stuff on it. But the two zone works great. You know, um, you used to always cook for the ancillary chicken category. You used to always cook boneless, skinless thighs. Mm-hmm. Were you using a two zone then, or was it all direct? Um, those that was such a quick cook that depending on like if you know when when we were bringing your dad's old big grill, mm-hmm. I would always set that one up because it was like a I don't know it was probably four the rack on it might have been five foot wide by three foot deep. It's huge. It's hog cooking grill. Yeah, but it was a grill grill like a homemade event type grill. Yeah, you put your coals underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'd always put them on one side. And that way I could cook the chicken to get it where I want it, move it over, let it come up, and then dunk it in the sauce, put it back over, and watch it and stand it. That's how I cook it. When I was doing it on the Weber, it was just a quick thing. It was like I got a few pieces of thighs on there for a box, grill them, they come in a pan, sauce them, go back on, and they're off. So that was 15-minute cook. Yeah. But, but when you're doing a, thin pieces of chicken. Yeah, when you're doing food. a lot of it, and I was cooking so at the time, we were doing ancillary turn-ins, but I'd have burgers on there. I'd have sausages on there. So I needed a big grill. It's all different. people. Yeah, yeah, still feeding people. People standing over there while while you're doing your cooking. <laughs> those were good old days. <laughs> you know, with that's hard to beat that recipe. I want a lot of that gum chicken stuff with that, too. I wish we had turned that in this past week. Eddie did. Did he? No, you know what he did? I think he told me he did No, the, he did that. The recipe you did with the jalapeno. Bacon wrap. wrap you wrap the chicken. Chicken bombs. Yes. Yep. It was last year he would think he won with the, he calls it burn ass chicken. He says you just take thighs, boneless, skinless thighs, marinate them, Italian dressing, season them, put them on the grill till you burn the crap out of them, sauce them, and then put them on there and burn them just a little bit more. And the judges <laughs> love it. Because he's seen me do that. Yeah. I did it at South Haven for like, I was helping out some kids' team or something. No, it was it was when Shaq had a team. I forget what they, who they were, but, but uh, I went over there and it's like, you want to cook the chicken? And I was like, well, what do you got? And he's like, a bonus. I said, yeah, I can cook that. So, <laughs> and, that and they were all serious, and I was over there having a good time cooking that chicken. I don't think they got to call that whole contest if they got first place chicken. <laughs> and I burnt the crap out of it. It was a bad day. They had like two Jaeger machines and Jell-O, was- thousand Jello shots. I think I fell down that night. Oh, really? Yeah, dancing up on that scaffolding <laughs> like a fool. <laughs> You remember he had a full bar, two DJs, light yes, gun, smoke yeah. machine. I mean, it was buck wild. <laughs> and then I wasn't in charge of nothing? No, yeah, I was going to have to fool. <laughs> you made me leave. That, Which was probably a good thing. Kept me from going, you know, getting in serious trouble. That was a long time ago. Man, years. Yes. Way before kids. So when you <laughs> cook uh, steaks. For a competition and you like you you see them and you grill them but y'all will sometimes move them up to a rack is that putting them in a two zone uh, yeah but it's just it's not really two zone it's just your safe zone you know it's just not as hot up there is it two zone yeah technically it's a different different temp but it's not the same as you know i got it's not like grilling really you're talking about smoking when you're doing that yeah you know weber has that which isn't that what you got recently a weber Great that has the hinge. It has hinges on each side, and you can take the middle out. I bought it for the vortex because I was worried about that vortex Eating. cooking yeah. my, my. I mean, I still got the same old Weber grate on it, I think. But I was like, <laughs> man, it's getting off thin there. Where it's so hot, so I was like, well, I need. To, I didn't know they made one, so I got to googling, and you just—it's like a little insert, and it's perfect. Or when you're doing the vortex. So it's got hinges on both sides to feed like a two-zone. Yeah, if you wanted to, you flip yeah. it up. You can add color wood. And then it's also got the insert in the direct middle of it. Like It's like, if you imagine like a four-inch diameter yeah. you know, circle. That so you, you can take out. it in and out. Yeah, and the vortex, go, it would be, so it would be nothing over the vortex. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't really Put do your, your wood. wood like I do. but You could still throw a piece of wood up in there. Yeah, it'd get the flame straight up to the <laughs> You did that. <laughs> You'd eat the top of your yeah. your lid. Uh, how? What was the price tag on that? Great. Oh, I don't think it's twenty bucks. I got it. Really? So it wasn't much. Yeah. It was real heavy duty. It's just a it's a Weber. Yeah, brand. You know, brand. I don't think it was much more. I don't know. I got it on Amazon Prime. That, that's just practically free. They just I don't know where that money goes. <laughs> you just or push comes the from. You don't know where the money shows. comes from or goes, and it just shows up at your house. I make it too easy. Yeah, they do. How long can you smoke? on? So let's talk about using twos on fire for smoking, which we talked about that yeah, a little yeah. bit. But kind of like a PK. 
like we talked about, it's perfect for that. There, I mean, that's where it comes down to fire management. And so, you know, if you try to choke them down, say if you, you take a, a Weber or a PK or something, you put your good chimney full of coals on it and you choke, you know, you choke the vents back to where you're wanting to run it. Like you're talking about running like a long cook. Yeah. Like for pork butt. It, I mean, I imagine you could get or two and a half, three, two and a half hours is what, is what I've done when I've done, I've cooked, I've cooked them on a Weber mm-hmm. like that. Probably about two and a half, three hours before you need to add a little bit more coal. And I don't, and, and really we didn't really add uh hot coal. We would just add, you know, a handful or two of briquettes and yeah. Raise the grate up, throw a few in there. Put a bit of wood on there. Got a hinge grate yeah, too on the PK. Yeah, already. Yeah. yeah. I've never done it on the PK, but I'd imagine you're going to do it about the same time. You know, it may go a little longer because it's that aluminum does really mm-hmm. well. But usually two and a half, two to three hours, you're going to have to do something on that once you get it ginned in, running right. Because you don't want to put too much coal on it because it'll all get lit and it'll make too much heat. But you don't want to put just a little bit because you're going to be going in there all the time. So I usually go about a chimney and then add to that a handful at a time and keep it rolling. A full lit chimney? Yeah, yeah. I'll light a whole yeah. chimney. I might put a little extra around there and keep it all on the side. It's really just, it, it depends on the airflow. It depends on what t- temperature is outside. There's a lot of variables. Yeah. But if you know that every, you better be checking on it every two hours to be a good guess. And then as you see it drop, just add a little bit more and it'll, it'll roll. Could you hook a goer up to a yeah, PK? PK three sixty, you could. I mean, I don't see why not. Because it, you know, we it's got the on the front, it's got the twist, yep. the air tube, and so you could easily get an adapter to go on that. Now, a regular PK, it would take some special kind of adapter to yeah. go up underneath it. But I'm sure they have one. They've got an adapter for everything. PK does. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, no, not PK. You get oh, it you're from talking about Guru. Guru. Yeah. yeah. If that was a, that's who would sell it. I yeah. Mean, I, saw, I bet guys have tried it, though. I bet I that um, billows P- from Thermoworks, it, the way it attaches to it, everything really yeah. easily. You probably make it work on the 360. Yeah, you'd have to reinforce it somehow. It's, it's like made that. for the Weber. The billows is made to go in like a Smoky Joe or a Weber grill, and it'd be perfect because I know guys hook them up to those all the time. Yeah. You can actually take that 22-inch Weber and buy like a, a kit for it to turn it into a smoker. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. It's kind of like that ring that the rotisserie oh, ring yeah, stacks yeah. up. Yeah. I guess it has a place to put a water pan. So it basically turns it into like a Smoky Mountain. What's the price on the kit? Oh, I have no idea. I never bought one. Yeah. I don't know. I imagine 150 I'm bucks. I'm thinking by the time Probably you buy the. as much as. Yeah, yeah. I bet it's at least 100 bucks. Yeah. By the time you buy the Weber and then the kit. Yeah, Might but well it, buy, get you a Weber Smoky Mountain or something. Yeah, but if you got or your drum. old Weber and you don't want two grills, that's a, yeah, people like accessories. <laughs> yes, people do. Yeah. I, do. <laughs> I got well, a garage full of accessories. <laughs> Ever had a mishap with a two's on fire? I guess mm, chicken. About the about the worst thing is I don't know. Your great my grates got off before and. Dump some stuff. I don't know about yeah. mishap. I mean, maybe yeah. chimney went out or yeah. coals went out. Coals went out and needing air. I know. I know. One time I was cooking on this wasn't like a video ring thing. I'm, I had the 360 set up for it. And I didn't realize I had the couldn't the not the intakes closed and I never could get any heat. And I was like, "What's I know I got these open and come to find out I'd had them going the wrong way. It was when I first got it and was fighting it. And I was like, "This thing won't get up the temp." And I said, "Well, <laughs> it will help if you open it up." Is that user error? Yeah. That's mostly that's what happens, but that's really, I mean, there's, it's that's the simplest way to run a fire, and it's really great for you because it gives you a safe zone. So if I had to say why, you know, the things I like about cooking with two zones is, it's it it just gives you a little safety net, having a cool space to move stuff over. Yeah. So if something get you know, there's all the time. You see guys grilling. That's happening to me. Stuff will get to flaming up. You'll get a lot of things on there. Maybe something come out of an oily marinade. If you got that two zone fire, just take your tongs and move it over there. You don't yeah. panic. But you get see, you know, people getting squirt balls out and doing all that stuff and fighting it and running around the grill. <laughs> that ain't necessary. Just chill out. Set your fire up right. You don't have to worry about it. Well, sometimes you need it for yeah. like thicker cuts of chicken oh, or yeah. something like that. Yep. So. That's all. That's pretty much all I can tell you about two so far. If you want more in depth than that, we're going to do bring an expert. 
<laughs> you are the expert. What are you talking about? Um, so coming up, we are about to head to the casino. Man, we are. This is our weekend to where we're off football. Michael doesn't have a surprise. I thought he had a game. He doesn't have a game. And we're doing adult weekend. Got some friends meeting us down there. We're not going far, but we're going to a sports book. Watch football. You got some bets ready? Have you even looked? I, have, I haven't even looked. Are you just going to go pick your favorite teams or whatever? <laughs> is Mississippi State know. playing or are they all? I think they're off. We did this last year. Oh, Miss is playing Vandy. Yeah, I saw that. What, that who you might like? be a good who game. Who you like? Um, um, where, who, where are they playing at? I think it's in Oxford, but it's Ole Miss minus six. Is it? Yeah, you think they beat Vandy by six? They always play close. That's a lot of points know. for them two teams. Last last time last year we did this, um, and I researched it and I made my pick. I like LSU. I, I got them at twenty five right now though. I'm giving up twenty. Yeah, but they're playing a scrub, aren't they? They don't, they play? They don't matter. They've been scoring so many points. Yeah. That quarterback's awesome. I don't even. I mean, they're not my team or anything, but that quarterback's good. They got. I expect them to give Bama a run for their money this year. Uh, that's what I I'm can't wait for. on that game. I need to look at that. And see what. Watch it'll be when we're at World Foods or something. Yeah. When we can't watch it. Oh, actually I can. Sure. Um hopefully. I did a lot of research last year for my picks and they all were crapped <laughs> out busted. on me. So I'm just going down there and doing Eeny meeny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Just gonna watch I'm just gonna go down there and circle fun. some. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna take this one. Put the put a couple dollars in but, some slots. Um, how about Army? You like Army? I don't even know who they're playing. I don't know. <laughs> Let's just bet that I think Navy's playing Air Force. I'm not going to do Force. your bets. I'm going to just do what opposite of what you bet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that's my bookie line. If, if, if you want to, if you wanted to get a business going, just bet, just call me and ask me who I like and then just go the opposite <laughs> and you'll win every time. I'm, I'm the world's worst when it comes to it. Uh, gambling is fun to an extent. After like I lose forty bucks, I'm like, this isn't, you know. Yeah. What am I'd I doing? I lost like last year. We, we've only done this last year. Is the first time I've ever been to sportsbook because Mississippi just legalized it. It's been a year and, now. And we right went. About. We always we picked one day last weekend, and that's I hadn't been back since. But we <laughs> we did a whole Saturday, watched every game, made a bunch of bets. We had a budget. I think we took two hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. And we, you know, we were betting. We weren't betting ten dollars a game, twenty dollars yeah. a game, whatever. It was fun, but I had done got down to where I bet all my two hundred dollars in the end, and it, I'd it, lost all mine. You lost all yours, and then it's, I was looking at Sunday phone. games for pros. <laughs> we were going home, but I picked like a fourteen parlay, and I said I'm gonna bet. And I, I forget what it was like. The last thing I had was like a forty dollar winning ticket. I took that forty dollars, and I got all our money back. I, <laughs> I forget how much it was. It might have it might have been a three team parlay. So you had it paid like four hundred bucks, whatever it was. Yeah, I had to go back. Uh, Monday, remember? Because I had that winning ticket from Sunday. I said, I'm going back down there to get our money, and we're not going back. <laughs> Until, I mean, one day. That's a lucky. That kid's a lucky bet. I don't even remember. It was, it was a parlay, though? Yeah, and it was like I made it at, like, I don't know, that last game was on. It's always like Hawaii and somebody yeah. or something like that. And I said, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a loser today. I had to go to bed a loser. But then I made that, so I left with my lucky ticket, three teams. And they hit, so. I'm going to have to find me a three-team parlay to save us this weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to be fun. If anybody's a gold strike, y'all come hang out in the sports book. <laughs> um, this coming week's recipe, Monterey chicken. Yeah. Grilled Monterey yeah, um, chicken. So, I don't know. That's what I've always seen it called. And restaurants served it. I think the first place I ever had it might have been Chili's. Chili's, yeah. But it's like grilled chicken breast. Barbecue sauce. So good, Cheese, too. bacon, green onion. They always serve it with like mashed potatoes. And so I'm I'm making I'm making my version of Monterey chicken. And it's got some barbecue sauce on it or some type of sauce. It's barbecue sauce. Is yeah. it? Yeah. I'm probably going to I mean, marinate it or brine it probably. Yeah. Brine chicken breasts and grill it. Them. Yeah. I'm probably going to, I don't know, I'm not doing a pellet grill. I haven't cooked on, done a pellet grill recipe in a while, I don't think. Sounds like, sounds like a winner to me. It's going to yeah. be fun. Next week, we're going to good. Houston or Dallas. I get them mixed up. Dallas. We're going to Dallas. Not next week. Next week. The next we're week. We're practicing. Yeah. Next. We're going to be going next to week's World Next week's practice food. week for World Foods. So we got to get some seafood down. Yeah. We've already got our recipes lined out. We're going to do. we got to do a, a, 
a version of a char southwestern style char grilled oyster. That's the control that's the topic, dish or yeah. whatever they make you do structured. And then you have your kind of cook's choice or whatever is whatever kind of seafood dish you want. And I'll tell you what we did after we did it. Because <laughs> it might be something where uh, y'all don't do that. Do not do what we did. But we're going to practice on Friday. We're going to practice next week. Yep. And then we're going to I can't cook wait. at the net. You ordered some oysters. Where'd you order those live oysters from? One of them Cajun, Louisiana Cajun, Cajun Company or something like, like that. that. Yeah, they're supposed to be delivered next Friday. Yeah. Bought them by the dozen, right? And you get yeah, and they dozen? said if you spend a hundred dollars, free shipping. You get free shipping. So I ordered us a hundred dollars worth of oysters. That sounds like a Friday night to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. know how they turn out. We'll eat some oysters. What <laughs> month is it? It's October. Heck yeah. So we're good. Sober October. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly sober October. <laughs> Suddenly sober. I don't know. We gotta come up with a catchphrase like Rogan has. All right. Well, is that that's all I got? That's all you got. That was a good podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Shell, yeah. tell them where they can find us other than here. If you would like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. And we appreciate y'all hanging out with us today. Maybe we'll do some updates from the sports book. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny on Instagram. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. That's like, that's the Instagram post right there. I can post my pics and we'll put them out there. <laughs> Give people time to get theirs in the opposite way. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Hashtag go opposite. <laughs> I'm just going to put a picture of my ticket, my $20 ticket or whatever. I'm gonna put this one's a lock. I'll give I'll give one lock of the week on there where you go the opposite, guaranteed to win. But anyway, it's gonna be a fun weekend, and we'll hang out with y'all next week.